This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by Collector's Universe. Stubbs will pay you top dollar for pro autographs. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty, the number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 107. Today's guest is an actor, musician, singer, director, and producer. He was in two Seinfeld episodes. He played Bobby in the Wink, Thomas Decker. Thank you for listening. If you dig it, please pass it on. Follow us on Twitter at This Thirsty. Follow us on Instagram at This Thirsty. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out our website, SeinfeldPodcast.com. You can leave us a voice message there or drop us a line, and we'll get back to you on our next episode. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Episode 107, Thomas Decker. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This is episode 107. Today's guest is an actor, musician, singer, director, and producer. He has written and produced two albums. You know him from Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, Heroes, and Backstorm. You can see him in April alongside Donald Sutherland in the new Roku original series, Swimming with Sharks. And of course, he was in two Seinfeld episodes, most notably as Bobby in the season seven episode, The Wink. Please welcome Thomas Decker. Thomas, thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. Thomas, welcome to the show. You are our youngest guest. So take us back. February of 94, The Stand-In, a classic season five episode. Obviously, you you played Porter or The Sun, but tell us a little bit. I mean, you were, what, six years old at that point? Tell us a little bit of how the, how the role came about. I know you're doing some work with Young and the Restless, but how did the Seinfeld opportunity come about? If my fractured memory serves me <laughs> accurately, um, I believe that the stand-in episode was my third or fourth job ever. Um, and I think I wasn't even six. I think I might have still been five at that point. Wow. And um, we had just moved to L.A. from my hometown of Vegas. And, yeah, Young and the Restless was like my first gig that I just sort of fell into. It was an odd thing. And then I think it was The Nanny and then The Pilot of VR and then Seinfeld. And at that time, I didn't know what Seinfeld was the first time. By the second time, I most definitely did. And my whole family were crazy about it. But the first time, I just I, I don't. I have flashes of being on set on the first one, but the audition, I don't really recall. The second audition, again, I do, but that's another. <laughs> oh, interesting. So they did have you audition for, for the Wink after yes. you had already been on in, in, in the season five. Okay. So take us through that, the audition for, for, for the Wink. Well, so by the, time role, the, yeah. by the time the Wink came along, um, I'd worked a lot more. And like I said, knew the show really well. My whole family and I, you know, and I mean, I'm still obsessed with Seinfeld. That's what's so crazy to have been on this thing that, of course, I have a personal obsession with at the same time. But um, yeah, I just remember going to, I think I went straight to a callback because I'd already done an episode. So I don't think I had to do the kind of preliminary first roundup. But Jerry was there. Larry was there. And the casting director, his name I don't recall, was there. First Okay, there you go. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I just remember going in and, you know, as a little kid, I took every audition I did very seriously. And really, 
you know, went in very prepared. And I think my mom at that point was still very much kind of coaching me, right? Because I was only just barely eight, I think, when I when I did the second one. And um, and I knew that it was comedy. And so it was all about the timing. And it was all about making this kid as like meek and feeble and pathetic and lovable and adorable as possible. You know, I could tell <laughs> that was the humor of the scene. So <laughs> just went in and did that once. And, uh, and then I think right away we found out I had it. And yeah, we actually, I was surprised to get it the second time because I thought, wow, there's no kids ever on this show. They're not going to hire the same one to play a different role, but they did. So. Yeah, and it's well, it's interesting you bring it up. I think we've talked to so many guest stars and ones that have been on multiple episodes, but there's there's a loyalty there on this show that you you can't really put your finger on. But it's I think it's just a comfort level, and it doesn't even matter. You can play two different characters as you did essentially. Um, so yeah, I guess tell us a little bit. We'll, we'll stay with the wink. Like um, obviously, you had the the, the audition. Uh, well, did you? And you? I mean, geez, you were seven, eight years old, but did you like hear back right away? Was there like a, a nervousness because you knew the show when you were auditioning? I'm just curious what, what you remember at that kind of tender age. Oh yeah. I was very nervous and very, anytime it was something that I knew was not just great, but was a big deal. Right. As a little kid, I knew, Oh boy, you really got to nail this one. And um, like I said, I think my parents and I both thought, well, this probably won't happen because I'd already done it. And then I believe Again, my mom would probably have a crystal clear recollection of all of this, but I think it was a pretty quick turnaround because, you know, shooting the following week and live audience and all of that, there wasn't much pregame time. And then it was a whole week of rehearsal. And I just, um, I just remember being so excited to be on it for the second one. And the funny thing was, was even though I'd met Jerry and all of them, I'd met the whole cast the first time around and had the scene with Kramer first time around. Now it was like, you know, I was fans of these really famous, important people. So it was, uh, it was very exciting. And um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, take us through that on the set. I mean, you know, obviously you mentioned Kramer in the stand in Michael Richards, but your, you know, your scenes with him in, in the wink are, are unforgettable, obviously. Um, curious, you know, you mentioned in front of the live audience and that scene is, is so, um, uh, you know, relies heavily on on pure acting. I'm assuming you guys weren't watching an actual TV screen, uh, but you, could you hear the announcer? I, I'm curious as far as what, they, what he was saying about the baseball game, or are you just going off of strict acting on that as well? Because you and Kramer play off what the announcer's saying so well, you know, with the, the inside the park home run and all that kind of stuff. That I remember distinctly. That was Larry David <clears throat> calling all of that out. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, and uh, and obviously then the voice was replaced later. But because we shot, I think because I was a little kid, they wanted to make sure they had what they needed in the can without the audience first, right? So we rehearsed and rehearsed, and but we shot. I don't know if that's how they always did it or if it was specifically to me because I was young, but I know we shot without an audience before we then shot with the audience. And to be honest, I'm not sure uh, what's in the episode, what what that's from whether that's from the live or not, but <clears throat> everything was very timed, very cute. Like I remember I had a cue of when to grab the card after it was on the word triple. And he says that's a triple something for Martinez. And that was it. And you can see actually in the scene, I go to grab it earlier and then pull my hands away and then go back to it on my cue. There's a lot of little kid yeah, kind of yeah. things that I was trying to keep track of and moving the cup. Uh, uh, Michael Richards asks, 
for a sip of my juice and I moved yeah. the cup over without even looking at him. That was a specific note. And you can also see on me, I am cracking up in that whole bit. Like if you look at my kind of out of focus profile, it's really, I'm having a hard time because Michael Richards was to answer your kind of first part of your question. Um, you know, all my stuff was with him in that second episode and he was so serious. He was so serious and he was very nice. He was very polite to me, but he was really, um, I knew immediately in my young self, unlike the rest of the cast, he was kind of, the rest of the cast was obviously taking it seriously, but they were a bit looser and a bit more kind of playful. And he was so focused and, and I was in awe of him. So then that made it really hard because he was making me laugh, but I was also really terrified to laugh because <laughs> it was this really amazing presence. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that scene, I mean, it's, it's sad that the poor kid is sick in the bed, but you can't help but just like, have pure joy when watching this. <laughs> like you mentioned the the cup and then Kramer grabbing the cup and sipping from it. I mean, it's, it's classic Kramer. So you may, yeah, I mean, I think we learned a lot of that <clears throat> about kind of the, the tone on the set was more serious and businesslike than other sitcoms. Like, I know you worked on the nanny. I know you're very young, but could you, even at that, you mentioned you could tell Kramer was Michael Richards was really serious was it like that on the nanny or even your first time at Seinfeld or was, are those two kind of too early to remember? No, I remember I did a lot of live audience stuff as a kid. I did a lot of those nineties sitcoms um, mm -hmm. and none of them felt like Seinfeld. Seinfeld was even in my young self, I just could tell that it was a bit more, uh, <laughs> I guess, intellectual. Right. as an environment than anywhere else I felt. Everywhere else felt like everyone was trying really hard to be funny and trying really hard to kind of perform and please the network who might be watching this rehearsal. And if they didn't like it, we'll change every line to please them and all that kind of bullshit, right? And right. on Seinfeld, it felt like everyone was being very careful, very precise, but confident and assured of their choices. And um, because I remember uh, there was a table read and that was really wild because I was part of that to kind of, and to see everyone do the whole episode at the table, right. was really kind of mind blowing. Now um, this is when you were five or six. Could, could you even read at that no, point? No, the, the, the second one for the one. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. For the one. <laughs> so watching that table read, so you're hearing the whole, the whole show, right? Yeah. As a kid, um, you know, are you getting, the humor, the jokes, or is, is anything there? I'm trying to think of that episode had a couple of things that might have been a bit, you know, adultish. But I'm just curious. You know, were, were you were you in on it, or you could just you could just tell from a kid point of view this is funny because they're all laughing and this is the sense I'm getting. And that's I don't of know. Fifty fifty, I'd say yeah. in the middle of those two things yeah. because yeah, there was a lot of specific things that like for instance you know i didn't know what mutton was i didn't know why mutton was funny <laughs> other than that it it's was funny a word. funny word yeah, yeah, exactly. and it's funny and the way jerry goes mutton is hilarious so yeah I, I mean it was the same thing as kind of watching the show right a lot of the a lot of the jokes i didn't really get what was going on but i don't know it still spoke to me and i wasn't laughing just because other people were it was still funny to me on a on an intrinsic level but i will say that um the biggest takeaway not the biggest, <laughs> one of the biggest memories I have from the set uh, was I've never, I don't think still to this day, I've never seen on set food like I did on Seinfeld. The catering and the craft service 
was unbelievable. And I remember on the night of the show that I shot with the audience, Jerry had a, a really famous, what the hell was it called? It was really famous at the time in LA. It was a Chinese restaurant. And it was one of the like, like top, 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 like fanciest, best restaurants. And they just kind of catered the whole crew and cast and came in and just made it like it was its own restaurant. I just remember that really blowing my mind. Um, and re- and that again, kind of cementing, whoa, this is like a big show. <laughs> like I was like, oh my God. Um, yeah. yeah well, hey, listen, uh, Jerry could afford it, you know? Right. Uh, <laughs> so it's interesting. So you, you said you grew up in Vegas and your parents were big Seinfeld fans. Uh, so they must have been stoked uh, when The Standing came about. So did you, at that young age, were you watching that, watching the show with them, like, throughout the years? Like, when, when do you first remember becoming a fan of the show? Or was it when you got the gig? When I got the first one. That was when I, I can't really speak to, I don't know if my parents were, were fans of Seinfeld or the show before I got on that. I honestly don't know. Um, I could see them being fans of it because they then were huge fans of it. But um, I certainly became aware of it after doing it. And let me ask you, and the, um, the, the, uh, the stand-in, season five, uh, you know, for our money, peak of the show was season five. How, and you've been on many shows before that, but how realistic was that? Meaning like the stand-in with Mickey and having Kramer, is that, was that the norm on some of these shows? I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I think, yeah. A stand-in, yeah, they have it pretty accurate. It's always- like with, with, with little people, I mean. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, yeah, I've had that, that multiple yeah. times. Yes, normally uh, once- Again, I don't really recall like the first few jobs, but but definitely throughout my childhood, it was either a little person or it was a very small woman. It was, you know, was kind of, it was, it was never another child because that would kind of defeat the purpose. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty accurate. Um you know, so it's it's funny. You mentioned you're from Las Vegas, and and you know we're both you know from New York. So the, the Wink episode had was near and dear to us with Paul O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that perhaps you know his part was shot at another time, but um, you know, curious if 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 you if you were into baseball, if you became a Yankee fan at that young age, because you you know you're an episode with Paul O'Neill. I mean, he's getting his number retired right now by the Yankees. I don't know how if you ever met him down the road or any any connections there with with uh, you know your baseball fandom and and uh, the New York Yankees or Paul O'Neill. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I was uh, my parents were both pretty arty people, so I wasn't uh, a particularly sports heavy raised child. However. Uh, subsequently, the sport I did get into is baseball, and it actually was the sport I ended up playing a little bit, kind of when I was a couple, basically a couple years after, I guess, doing the second one. Um, and Paul O'Neill, yeah, <laughs> I guess, was like the first name in sports I really knew. Um, and I do remember it was like it was that was another thing that was a bit uh, challenging and a bit sort of oh shit was having to play off all of these sports cues that I didn't really know what right. any of it meant. I didn't know the difference between this and that. And, um, but yeah, I, uh, so I will say Paul O'Neill has probably been the most. Yeah. I mean, you're forever to connected to him. Most. I mean, you really are. Yeah. You're forever, you're forever like connected to him. It's great. And I tell you that I'm sure we'll get into this later, but I mean, you know, 
uh, I'll be 35 at the end of this year, which means I'll have been doing this 30 years. And wow. still, there's there's just nothing that I've done ever where I can say the title of it, and I'd say 98% of anyone I bring it up to knows the entire plot. I don't just mean it's like, oh, I remember that episode. They know the plot, the premise, Paul O'Neill, the two home runs, the fly ball in his hat. But like, <laughs> and it's amazing. It's just ingrained. Stubbs. Stubbs <laughs> at the uh, souvenir place. <laughs> Why? Like, why is it? I mean, I think we know why. We're big fans of the show, but like, why? Why? I mean, you've been on a ton of things, to, like with cultish fans. Like we mentioned, Young and Aggressive, a bunch of other things. Like, what? What is it about this show, specifically, or that episode that kind of has has people just mesmerized? I don't know what it is specific to the episode. I love the episode as an episode, but I mean, I love <laughs> like I think they're all kind of amazing. So I don't know specifically what it is to that one. Maybe it is a rare thing to have one around a kid, like where a plot is revolving around a kid, right? There's the swearing kid and then there's, there's a couple others, but I feel like that kind of gives it a distinction. Um, and also the Elaine storyline to me is really funny. The whole mutton in the pockets and the napkins from Grandma Mima and all, <laughs> all that that I love. Um, and as for why people remember it, so much. I just think I, there's nothing like Seinfeld still. I mean, it's, uh, it's an unparalleled comedy. It's just, yeah, I think the <laughs> essence, yeah, the essence of the show, we were talking about this before you came on the essence of the show, obviously is no hugging, no learning, right? There's never any like tender <laughs> moments. That, and and this episode, it it so well, just when you, when you say, get out of this day, when we got out of this bed one day and walk again. Right. And Kramer's like, no, that's yeah, that fine. But nice. I, you know, like really that right the there is like, <laughs> Entire Seinfeld like essence, and you said it with such like you mentioned earlier with your uh, audition with such like you know as if it was that touching moment like I can get out of this bed and walk one day. <laughs> and Kramer's and then Kramer's usually not the callous one. It's usually like a Jerry or George. Okay, like, yeah, whatever, kid. Like I, I need the card. Like that must have been for you as a as a child actor used to those like roles probably where you were like the the little kid and Kramer's just talking to you like you just in a like whatever dude I, I just need this card man like I don't care you know maybe you could talk about as a kid what it was like to kind of say that line knowing it was going to get a laugh rather than like a cry or something like that you know well like I said I think I knew uh intrinsically from the material and I'm sure with a little assistance from mom <laughs> I it became clear that you know, the joke here is that it's going to end up with this guy wrestling this crippled kid. And so I got to make this crippled kid as like hallmark as possible, because I, I even at that age, I knew that that was the funny clash. And I think that's why you can see me cracking up so much throughout it. I saw I saw it recently, my scenes in it. And it's what I'm doing is like so almost it's so over the top, like perfect, angelic <laughs> little child. And I'm sure. You could even look at it and be like, what the hell is this kid doing? But I, I think that that was probably why I got it, was just really leaning into that kind of overt, like, angelic nature to then be pulled apart by, you know, by Kramer. I think it's, it's yeah. Important. And then you turned quick, though, with the... Uh... With the, yeah. you know, you don't want to give him the card because he didn't hit it inside the park or he's now all of a sudden you're the bad guy. Yeah, yeah no, he's... he's, 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 he's it's true. And, he's, and yeah, even with you, so that, yeah, you have that in a minute. <laughs> Kramer kind of meets his match in Bobby in many ways. It's like, 
I always wonder with much intended episode, like you mentioned, like George had, had a kind of great storyline, Elaine, Jerry, obviously the mutton. Was there anything you remember that didn't make the cut? Um, like any scenes, like even like talking about the Paul O'Neill kind of catching the hat, was that kind of added after or did some of those scenes get cut, if you recall? That I'm not sure. I know nothing of mine was cut because I would have been really upset. <laughs> but um, I... Uh, don't think so, but I, I don't know. I can't really speak to that. Um, but I remember, yeah. I think the fly ball was in the script, at least for, you know, from the get-go. For sure. And I think you, you kind of touched on it, why it was so memorable. And we talk about it a lot. I mean, how the cast kind of embraces the, the, the guest stars and kind of lets them shine. I mean, to have a seven or eight year old shine was remarkable. Like that, that's how memorable your performance was. Like I, I think back to those, like, you know, mid to early nineties, maybe, you know, little Forrest Gump. He's the only other guy I could think of besides you. I mean, it's, it's, it's just impressive. And that's why I think people are so memorable in the show because, um, because of the performance you, you put forward. So I just want to like, hit my hat to you. Um, wow. And I was, and obviously, you know, your mother was like, your mother was on set with you, right? Is that, is that what it sounds like? Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, t- talk a little bit about that. Is she kind of working with the director and like helping out or talk with Jerry? Like, give us a little sense of what's going on with your mom on set with, with Seinfeld. Yeah, so when you're a child actor, you have to have legally a parent on set at all times or a legal guardian of some kind, but they certainly aren't allowed to really, uh, <laughs> they're kind of a, a presence nobody I think really wants. And my mom had the good sense and uh, decency to always kind of stay back and take care of me and protect me, but really kind of let it be. And, you know, I know that she'd had a better time on the gig I did right before the first one, because that was the pilot of ER. And we, my scene was with this brand new guy named George Clooney that my mom thought was really hot. And uh, so that was, I think, her most exciting gig of that time. <laughs> but, um, right. that, was the guy, that was the guy from Facts of Life, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, no, I think I think both times, like I said, the second time, I, our entire family was so into the show. I think it was kind of exciting for her and for me um, to be there for it. And and I will say, you know, everybody was really really good about me being a kid and to me being a kid. And you know, I have lovely photos with every cast member from both episodes. And and I will say this: I want to say when I was twenty one or twenty two. I was at uh, some fancy word event thing that I'd been invited to, and I saw Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And personally, for me, just as a fan of the show, Elaine is kind of my, that's my, she's kind of my ultimate <laughs> love of the four. Okay. Um, and my friends joke that when I get annoyed and pissed off, I kind of turn into Elaine. Um, <laughs> and I think they're not wrong. But uh, I saw her across the room and I was like, oh my God, am I really going to do that thing where I'm like, hey, remember when I was <laughs> eight and worked with you? But I went up to her and like before I could even finish the sentence, she kind of looked at me waiting to hear it. And before I could even finish, she was like, oh my God, Bobby, the wink, you're in the, you're in the hospital bed with, with Michael and wow. knew the whole thing. And we stood and talked for like 15 minutes and had a lovely conversation and, you know, just being such an admirer of her as, a, as an actress to, to sort of just have this moment in my 20s based on something I did at eight was, was really wonderful and nice. 
That is great to hear. Uh, that's that's amazing too that she you know can recognize you that long you know that that long after. I mean, I uh, we've shocked. heard yeah we've heard a lot of these stories with Julia and, and Jason especially when they see uh, a former guest star years later how just kind they are. Um, and, and you know speaking of that and you just kind of touched on it however it was so great. Um, I would imagine Larry David is a quite a presence for, for a seven or eight year old kid, especially like I, now that you're telling me he was the what he was doing the voice of the game for you. I mean, I can't imagine how you kept a straight face. What, what, just, what was your interactions like with Larry? I mean, just kind of, is he directing you at all? Or is he just kind of doing his thing? I mean, hearing him call those games, I, him in the room with you and, and, and uh, Michael Richards must've been something as, as an eight year old. Here's the funny thing. I had no idea who he was or what he had to do with the show because in my child brain, it was Jerry's show. It was uh, all Jerry, Jerry right. did everything. <laughs> so who this guy who was, who was always present and involved, but like, I didn't understand the logistics of kind of his role in the show, which probably was a good thing. Cause I think I probably thought he was just somebody they brought in to read lines <laughs> off camera and like, you know, um, and then later on, of course, came to find out, oh, okay, it's, uh, it's Larry David. But but I definitely, I thought he was funny. I don't think I was intimidated by him, probably because he didn't give me any reason to be. Um, but I definitely remember, I, you know, if I, it's bizarre that I can close my eyes and kind of see, like I can see the room that I auditioned in, you know, which is weird. But, yeah. <laughs> wow. And like you said, it's a, as an eight-year-old, I, I like maybe the nerves kind of weren't there. You were just kind of so young and impressionable, like you just stepped in with easy. It sounds like even because you've done a ton of these already, right? These auditions across the board. Yeah. Um, but obviously, yeah. I mean, to and you mentioned Larry, and you actually mentioned Jerry, like was the focal point of the show. What other than him ordering food? Anything else you remember? Um, just maybe as kind of a, I don't, I don't want to call him a father figure of the show, but kind of going around and helping people out or. What do you remember about Jerry during that time? I certainly didn't decide that he was the one in charge of everything just because I thought he was the lead on the show. It was definitely how everything felt. Um, in a really great way, not in mm -hmm. some sort of controlling way, but it was just, it, it was undeniable. You could feel it. It was Jerry's kind of universe, you know, on, uh, on the set. And even though he wasn't in my scenes, in the wake um, or the standard. That's actually weird that both, both my episodes are with Michael Richards. Like, yeah. Um, and, yeah. But, but no, to answer your question, I felt very much uh, in a great way that he was, and even like I said, even when he had that massive like catering night, it was a thank you to everybody. And it was a very kind gesture. And I do remember also, which is probably worth mentioning the night before we came in to shoot with the audience, was the Emmys and Frazier had beat Seinfeld on like every award. Mm, and yeah. I remember like, cause we watched the Emmys or something and my mom and I being like, Oh, I wonder, are they going to be like mad the next day? <laughs> or like, how does this work? <laughs> and we went in and I remember we were like, well, does everybody feel okay? And I don't think anybody gave a shit. I think we <laughs> had uh, put more weight to it than they had. But I do remember that. This was weird funky little addition. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, it's funny. You mentioned um, 
you're you you know you kind of connect with Elaine and and how your friends you know joke about you um <laughs> I don't like her when you're mad um you know at 35 I, you said you're 35 is that right you're, I you're will 35 be the end of this year. yeah so um you were on the show obviously but as a, as as a child and now you've said you you know you you definitely uh, are a fan of the show um I'm curious you know looking do you like after you were on it in the wink as an eight, as an eight year old, did you could, did you start watching it then as an eight year old or was it yes. not so late? Oh yeah. So you just like, I'm, I'm on it. I'm a fan now. Put me, put me in front of the TV. My, it's a uh, must see TV time. And it then wasn't. you obviously got into it reruns. And as you, as you got older, um, you know, now it's obviously everywhere. And like you said, everyone mentions you, but so you did start, you kind of just jumped right in then. The evolution was did the first one, we all got into the show, did the second one, remained obsessed with it, watched every episode all the way till it ended. And I remember watching the last episode, which I should say too, there was a brief moment. I mean, again, this I think only came from my agent at the time, so who knows? But there was talk that Bobby was possibly gonna be in the courtroom in the finale as one of the people that they screwed over. Now I'm assuming they probably had a list of hundreds of guest stars and then they kind of whittled them down to who was most crucial. So I, you know, right. but I watched one, them. Though. Yeah, we could have totally brought you back actually. Now that we think of, cause there wasn't a lot of Kramer stuff. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> there wasn't a lot of Kramer stuff in the finale for being like the mean guy. They threw a lot of George yeah. stuff in, and that would be a great one. That's a perfect one. Like robbed a, thing from a crippled child would probably be great to but um <laughs> but I do remember when they aired the last one and I can hear it now NBC afterwards said thank you Seinfeld for nine great years or something like that or however many it was and I remember I like got teary I was so sad that it was over I was so bummed that there wasn't going to be more Seinfeld and then I got DVDs I got everything on DVD when I was like 16 I think 16 17 somewhere in there I got like the first five seasons once it was out and that was kind of when my adult fully full comprehension of the brilliance of the show period kind of came into play, you know, and um, had a whole re following. All right. We'll, uh, we'll put you on the spot. Top favorite, favorite three. Of us. Top three. Top, besides yours. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, the airport. Oh, nice. That's a good poll, man. Uh, that's a sleeper for me. That's a sleeper. I love that. That's one of, that's, yeah, that was a sleeper for him. Thomas, hey, JFK. Just, yeah. <laughs> yes. we, we, we had Michael yes. Christopher Lawrence on. We had him on for that. Well, that's the, if you want to know which Elaine I turn into mad, it's her on that flight. That's, that's. <laughs> <laughs> now we're um, getting somewhere. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> um, airplane, airport, uh, I'm trying to now not be so obvious. It's tough. I really, really do love the parking garage. I know it's such another a- good one. No, that's solid. You're pulling out some oldies. I like it. I'm loving it. And that's another good Elaine getting mad with the fish. And now we're exactly. getting now we understand. Okay. <laughs> Back to your dumbbells. We're all really impressed. Um, and what's the other? Oh, my third favorite. Oh man. Elaine the mannequin. Oh my god, that's a really good one too. I gotta say, this is a weird one. You guys are probably gonna be like, what? But I love, uh, I can't remember if it's the red dot or the red spot, but it's a sweater, a cashmere sweater. It's our number two episode of all time. It's definitely really? not a weird one. The red dot, are you kidding me, man? I believe I, we have a two, right? Is it two or is it it's one, two, or three? It's in our top two. Three. 
Oh two, man, yeah. I thought you guys were gonna be like, really? That one? No, no, no. no. Red Dead's number two of all time. No, 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 no. All right, you just you just became our great greatest guest right now, dude. Yeah. Airplane and Red Dot. You kidding me? <laughs> I can think of a more Beautiful. niche one than the parking garage, but it's just so it's just so good. And and like that's one of those quintessential Seinfeld situations that everybody has been in. Everybody has had that thing where the parking garage looks the same. Where the hell is the car? I mean, right, that was right, of course, so. yeah, yeah, <clears throat> incredible. Um, so, Thomas, tell us about uh, swimming with sharks. I mean, a lot of us, you know, were of that age, '94, in that movie. It's kind of, it was kind of, uh, you know, one of those ones everyone kind of. I, I liked it, you know, obviously, but uh, it sounds like they're, they're kind of rebooting into a show on on Roku. Um, you know, when's that coming out? And and you know, tell us a little bit about you know your role in it. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. So we premiere at South by Southwest uh, next week, March 14th. And then a month later, it comes out on Roku. Uh, six episodes. It's Diane Kruger plays the kind of Kevin Spacey-esque role. And Kiernan Shipka plays the spin on the assistant role, as you'll see. And um, I'm kind of a new creation who's not present in the movie, but I work at the film studio. and sort of run the office and then uh, get very threatened by the presence of the new one who's trying to replace me. So, um, you know, I haven't seen the show finished yet. I've seen big pieces of it. It's really funny. It's really dark. It's really sexy. It's really quite surprising. I, I don't think there's many other things tonally quite like it right now. So I'm really excited about it. And um, yeah, great, great cast of people I'm getting to do this with. So That's awesome. Uh, cool. I mean, Jeez, what a what a career! Still doing this thirty years. Thirty years later, you got to be proud. I mean, incredible career from uh, you know Victor Newman to Newman on Seinfeld to uh, <laughs> Donald Sutherland. Right, you've done it all, Thomas. Uh, we can't Very thank cool, you enough for for hopping on with us and spending some time uh, sharing the memories of Seinfeld. Thanks so much. Thank yeah, you, I've Thomas. never gotten to talk about it before, so this has been a real thrill. Thank you so much for having. <laughs> Great, man. Thank you. Awesome time. That's the lock Take care, guys. Thanks. You know, we were we were wondering. We've seen it in a couple of different places. You're you they you're in the wink episode. Your voice right on the phone with with Elaine. I mean, sorry, the maid uh, with the, your voice with Elaine. Gamma dies. I don't believe so. That's what we wanted to ask because IMD credits you, but Wikipedia doesn't, and the TV show itself doesn't. IMDb credits me for the maid. Yeah, as because Elaine gets a phone call from a little kid whose That's grandma so dies because she changes weird. her phone number, and um, IMDb has you credit as that voice, but like we couldn't find it anywhere else to confirm it. No, as, as far as I'm aware, um, <laughs> that is not me. I was just the stand-in <laughs> and the wink. Episode. Good call, Harris. Glad we asked because we we didn't want to say. I, I was like. We weren't sure. It was interesting because it was like two different places. <laughs> That's odd. 